Welcome to Treasure Mountain, the podcast that inspires and guides people to find the treasure within human experience. Before we get started on this interview, I wanted to thank all our listeners for joining and remind everyone that you can find out more about Treasure Mountain by going to the treasuremountain.info website or by clicking the link in the description below where you can contact me by leaving a message, sign up to the mailing list and find out about other activities coming up in the future. I'd really like to hear from you. In particular, who do you think I should be interviewing on future episodes of Treasure Mountain? And what topics and questions do you have that you'd like directed to our guests on our next Sage Advice episode? Maybe you've got a particular person, a monk, a nun, a layman, a laywoman, that you would like to hear on Treasure Mountain. And you've got particular questions you'd like to ask. If so, get in contact with me via the treasuremountain.info website and I'll see what we can do to make what can be done to make it happen. If you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe by loading your favorite podcast app on your mobile device. For instance, Apple Podcasts, the Podbean app, or Stitcher. And then you search for Treasure Mountain. Once you've found it, hit the subscribe or join button to get the latest episodes. And don't forget to tell your friends about Treasure Mountain too. On this episode of Sage Advice, we have our return guest, Venerable Santusika the abbot of Karunavut Buddhist Vihara in Northern California, to offer her sage advice on what role, if any, does faith play in the Eightfold Path of Buddhist practice. Let's find out as we seek for the treasure within. Treasure Mountain, Venerable. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sage Advice. Today's topic is the role of faith. For Westerners in particular, I've noticed there are a great many that are interested in Buddhism, but are very wary about anything to do with faith. So much so that they may be practicing meditation, keeping precepts and reading Buddhist books, but still won't refer to themselves as Buddhist because that might, because of what that might imply. Venerable, what's going on here? Why are Westerners so reluctant or even wary when it comes to faith? I think it's trauma. (laughs) 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 I mean, when we've probably encountered some pressure to go along with something we didn't really feel right about or in some way feel hurt or inhibited or disregarded or something with regard to faith or maybe just um, suspicious. You know, sometimes people say one thing, but they're doing something else. Mm. And it can cause us to be quite skeptical. So I think people really are drawn, and people say it often, they're drawn to Buddhism because it's logical. 
um, because the Buddha said himself, don't take things on blind faith. You don't just believe something because someone tells you and you're not expected to believe anything here just because someone tells you this is how it is. And so I think that's what draws people. Those things are all very positive. So being logical, uh, having a critical thinking capacity, uh, these are valuable attributes uh, from a Buddhist perspective. But if we don't have faith, are, are we missing something? Is it, is, do we have the whole package without faith? We definitely need to have faith, but you might also call it confidence. Mm. And right. sometimes people have an easier time with that word. And so it's important to distinguish the meaning of faith and the role of faith in Buddhism as opposed to what we might refer to as faith-based religions, where the goal in a faith-based religion is that you have faith in what is not what you cannot see, what you cannot verify. And that's not the role of faith in the, in the Buddha's teachings or in the Dhamma. The role of faith in, in the Buddhist teachings is, is to establish an understanding of the way things work through direct experience. Where faith comes in, it's more of a, a means to an end. It's not the end. It's not the goal. It's, it's a means to an end, and where we need to apply it, use it, is when we are coming to understand, we're, being, we're learning intellectually at first, we come to understand something about the Dhamma, but we're not, we don't have the, the skill, the experience, the tools to actually see it for ourselves, at least not yet. Something like past lives. This is one of the places where people have a lot of trouble with the idea of rebirth and therefore with a real understanding of how karma works. Um, and so if someone talks about remembering their past lives, people are pretty skeptical. Maybe they're open to it, but they feel like, well, I'm never going to be able to know that directly for myself. It's unlikely that I'll remember my own past life. So I'm just going to, I can't take that, take that on board. I'm, I'm just going to continue to feel agnostic about that perhaps or disbelieving. What the Buddha said is it's important to hold a, have a provisional acceptance of what he described as his direct experience. So it's another important aspect here that the Buddha was reporting on experience. He didn't make up a philosophy. He didn't learn it from someone else. He experienced it himself and he experienced it so completely that he could, he could communicate to all of us about this complete system of Dhamma. That's not something he created. It's just something that exists for anyone to recognize if, they, if they're able to go that deep. 
Right, right. And I guess on a related question, from a Buddhist perspective, uh, what should we have faith in? I mean, in one sense, uh, you know, as a Buddhist, you would have faith in the Buddha, Dharma and Sangha, but do we need to have faith in our teacher? Do we need to have faith in ourselves? What should we have faith in and on what's the basis upon which we should have faith? I think, I guess you kind of already implied that it's not so much that it's a faith of something we can't verify. It's just like a provisional. It's we need to have confidence that whilst we don't know it yet, that we can. Mm-hmm. Is that is that yeah. right? It is. It's, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have the psychic powers eventually to see things exactly the way the Buddha did. We might go the route of Venerable Sariputta, who didn't have psychic powers in that way, and he, he understood through wisdom. Mm. So it, there are different ways that this complete confidence can come about. But to answer your your question, we yes, faith in the Buddha that the Buddha awake was awakened, that the Buddha realized nibbana, that nibbana is um, a realization that is actual, you know, mm. um, <clears throat> that the Dhamma is the truth of the of the way things are, and and we can can um, come to know it directly and that there are enlightened people since the Buddha and still today. And so how does that faith develop? How does that, I would rather almost call it an understanding. How does that come about? And the most important way that it comes about is by seeking out people who already know this for sure, who you can observe how they're living, um, that they're actually living it. It's not someone who comes and teaches and then disappears and you don't know what they're doing with the rest of their life. It's probably a monastic where you can go stay in the monastery and watch them, you know, when they get up in the morning and when they're eating their food and when they go in and out of the bathroom and you just like see them interacting with people all the time and you know um, they're really living this. And Mm. when you have the opportunity to be in the presence of someone who's really, really advanced, perhaps known among the supporters to be fully awake, you get a chance to recognize for yourself to really see, you know, that this person really isn't operating out of greed, hatred, or delusion. And yet, in answer to your question, I would say it's not so much that we put our faith in a teacher. We can we can develop confidence in a teacher if we follow what the Buddha said about observing them carefully. If if they would would ever be obsessed by some state of greed or hatred or delusion that would cause them to lead someone the wrong way. We have to develop the confidence over time and experience that they would not do that. Mm. But you still don't put full faith in the teacher because you can't know for sure. And when someone does put faith in a teacher and they do go the wrong way, it can be so devastating. Instead, we put our faith in the Dhamma. Yes. So it's not necessarily just a personal faith, but also a faith 
in the Dharma, the nature of things, and that uh, that this, there is this possibility for awakening, which is always there at, at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to just briefly um, hark back to um, something you said in the previous episode. I can't remember exactly how you said it, but it was a very beautiful statement about our own potential to achieve awakening um, because I feel um, that you know, in the West, we've got this strong sense of individual ego and we get pumped up by the school, by community and so forth, that we should have self-confidence because there's something special about us. But perhaps the thing to note about, um, you know, I see the flip side of that is that often people have, you know, they often have a lot of self-doubt. But one of the ways perhaps around that self-doubt is to know that you can do this not because you are special, but because you're not special. You're a human being. Did you want to maybe just uh, talk a little bit about the role of confidence in oneself as a human yes. being and this potential for awakening? Yes. So the the and I'll I'll just cite the Buddha on this in a way because the Buddha talked about being clear about when we're doing things that are wholesome and when we're doing things that are unwholesome, we're doing good things and when we're not. And to go remind ourselves of our goodness, remind ourselves that, well, today I didn't intentionally kill any living beings. Today I didn't intentionally take anything that wasn't given and so on through the precepts. You know, today I I had this kind thought about someone or I did this generous thing. And to really remind ourselves of our own virtue, of our own generosity, we can remind ourselves of the things we actually absolutely feel confident about in our knowledge of the Dhamma because we experience it. You know, and and when we do that, we gradually build a confidence in ourselves. When we keep mm. precepts and we realize we're keeping precepts and the good in that and anything else that we're doing that's good. The Buddha really emphasized looking at what we do, looking at what we've learned, looking at what we know for sure and reminding ourselves of those things and recognizing that that's where the confidence is. It's not in a personal self. I have this characteristic or I have this ability or I'm, you know, liked or whatever it is. All those things are, are just incidental and not really that important. But how we live in virtue, wisdom, as the Buddha described it, is knowing the difference between what's good and what's not good. And then he said, hmm. bring up the energy to do the good and avoid what's not good. And, and these powers of wisdom and energy and living blamelessly, these are the things that help us to develop confidence. We can hold our head up high in any group, any situation, we know we're okay. And, and we have to kind of tell ourselves this because there's so much strong conditioning that says, we're not good enough, or we um, 
we're only good enough if we can prove ourselves to be, you know, the top salesperson or the best whatever, we're liked by certain people or something like that. Fame, mm. all those things that don't last. <laughs> so, <laughs> but those virtues, those things that the Buddha praised, they go with us even after we die. They're developing our character. That stuff stays when the body dies. So it's really valuable to begin to learn how to look at things and, and to really acknowledge that. And people often ask, doesn't that make you make a person kind of uh, egotistical? It's like, no, it has the opposite effect. I think it really is humbling as we develop those characteristics. We see that it's not personal, but it is a matter of choice which is so refreshing. Um, we actually have choices and we can, and the Buddha said all the time, you know, make those choices, <laughs> you, know, like, yeah. you know, develop the mind. That's our responsibility. Um, um, previously you said that um, in Buddhism, faith is provisional. It's not an end. It's a means. I'd like to, question you about that based on not on the theory but on your personal experience either your personal experience or on people you've um, practiced with or taught what is faith for why is it valuable well there's the faith that is provisional that you use let me put it this way you hold an open mind and you have enough confidence in the Buddha, enough faith that there is a way out of suffering. Like I know people in deep suffering who read about the Four Noble Truths and they immediately get it. There's a way out. As soon as we recognize there is a way out of suffering, that's already, a, that's already faith. And there, mm. there's a joy, a relief that comes with that. And so that provides a basis for the mind to become more happy, for the body and mind to relax. This is the way to meditation, to samadhi. And then samadhi is the gateway to deeper wisdom. So it starts with that kind of level of faith. And then as we develop, as we experience more on all the aspects of the Noble Eightfold Path, then we have a faith that is grounded. Or sometimes I say, my faith was developed brick by brick, you know, to really investigate each thing, hold in mind, what is the edge of my understanding of the Dhamma? What if I still don't, don't get? And how am I going to like just, just open my mind to, to, experiencing that or learning that seeing that for myself and you can't make it happen but you put in the causes and conditions you practice and you open your mind to the possibility instead of closing it off like oh yeah i don't believe in rebirth or whatever you know it's, it's instead okay the buddha said this is how it is he saw it i'm going to open my mind how can maybe how can that become clear for me. <clears throat> and then that's when things are more likely to happen, whether through the development of wisdom or uh, 
some other kind of insight. And when that does, then, then the faith that comes eventually, that faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha really is not provisional at all. It's really solid, complete mm-hmm. faith. And that doesn't mean you know everything about the Dhamma. It's not like we're our hunts at that point, but we've come such a long way. There's no real falling back after that. I really like the way you describe it as brick by brick because um, it kind of implies that it's not a black and white thing. It's not like you go from zero to 100 in one step. Uh, you can, you just need to have enough faith to try it out and get to the next milestone kind of thing. And then over time, it can grow. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a very hopeful, but also a gradual uh, way of going about things. But I want to ask, uh, especially for some people who may find the concept of faith or confidence still a little bit scary, uh, how can we go about cultivating this faith? Well, it is helpful to find teachers that you respect and you feel like you can trust and build that trust by observing them. So that's very helpful. And, and even if they say, well, I'm only partway along the path and this is still something I struggle with, that's also useful and, and more trustworthy than acting like you know it all, you know? So having people like that in your life and being able to check out things with them is really useful. And mm. giving yourself an opportunity to be happy to really see that the Buddha emphasized joy a lot, joy and happiness. And when we're happy, it's also easier to um, to have the mind open and for wisdom to arise from inside. Because we, I don't know if I would really say we know it all already. In a way, that's true, I think. But the realizations really come from deep inside. So I think that it is paying attention to each aspect of the Noble Eightfold Path and being willing to say, okay, this part I don't really get yet, but this part here, that I see. I see that happening in my life and in the way things work. and. Sometimes we don't even realize what we know and what we don't know. And even if we don't feel like we know anything much, there are some things you know and go, okay, I know that, that part I know. <laughs> Start mm. there and just keep keep building it. Solid, though. Uh, not, not a fantasy, not a, not a jumping to some conclusion. That's a really, really uh, beautiful answer. Thank you very much. Uh, Final question, and on a personal note, what has faith meant to you on your spiritual journey? Well, I had a lot of faith in God. I think I mentioned that in the previous uh, time we met. And it was helpful because I recognized that I could just let go, let go of trying, 
um, like we were being something. And as I did that, and I was exposed to the Dhamma and people who were so diligent, kind, good examples, I could pick that up gradually. And it's experience after experience, really, with those wonderful teachers and good friends on the path that helped that faith develop. It really was um, powerful to open up to um, the influence of, of really well-practiced teachers. And, and it was, you can tell the difference between a teacher who wants something for themselves recognition or anything, and the ones that don't care at all about that. They're just sharing the Dhamma. Wow, that's a um, really beautiful answer, and I appreciate that, and I think that could be really valuable to our listeners. Uh, that's all the questions we have time for today. Aya, uh, I really want to thank you for taking the time to share your sage advice here on the Treasure Mountain Podcast. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.